It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. It's talking about Ian Rodby Wednesday over the hump into uh, man one of the best weekends of the year. The start of the college football season. I know we dabbled in the college football last weekend. There was some appetizers there. Appetizer. Appetizer. And uh, the full Monty will roll in this weekend starting tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were at number three in our Ian Rodby Horn Top Twenty countdown. And it's an opponent on the Longhorn schedule. I guess you could guess that after our conversation about Ohio State yesterday. We were at number three with that later in the show. Also at the bottom of the hour, our friend Bobby Burton from Inside Texas will join us. Yeah, hey, it's my dog. Some things to talk about with Bobby, including his thoughts on this Longhorn team, what he's hearing behind the scenes about team chemistry as the Horns get ready to open up their season in three days. And you know, you and I are both going to be doing some stuff with Bobby and Inside Texas mm-hmm. uh, in the coming months and uh, hopefully longer than that. Excited to talk to Bobby and tell you about that. Also, uh, what we'll be doing on game day. Uh, we came off our uh, Ian Rodby Facts of the Day segment, Rod, and uh, uh, interesting stuff there on college uh, college and pro football. And uh, we'll get back into some of those things. Plus, Rod has a rant of the day, and we will uh, get some bullish or BS before the end of the hour. So nice. it's a good Wednesday. Good Wednesday. Great Wednesday. Yeah, this is uh, football, baby. It is football. And it's a little cooler out, as you said. You went for a jog this morning. Yeah, it felt a little chill. I mean, I, I drove in with the windows down. It felt good. Yeah, man. It's I mean, just it's, uh, it's a hint. It was a hint of fall in the morning air. That's it's a hint. It's a little small one. Minuscule. You got like another month. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all right. I, I, I like a little appetizer, a little teaser of the fall. That's why it feels like football outside. If I wake up on I, I, every game day, the first game of the year, I wake up, and I, I feel like the smell is there no matter what, though. The uh, butterflies hit, and you walk yeah, out. Yeah, you I'm sure like, that's not your subconscious? It's your <laughs> subconscious. Yeah, 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 I, know, maybe. Like, hey. <laughs> I don't know. I love it, though. I'm no. excited. I'm getting butterflies right now. I'm just thinking about it. No, I'm with you. There is something that's, it does smell like football, and I don't know what it is, but th- it does. Like You know there's going to be a lot of football that weekend. It does feel like it smells different. <laughs> you get up early. Well, it's, in the kinda, it's weird because we <laughs> had a... Uh, you know, we had our full slate of, uh, of of high school football games last week, right? We told you last week's mm-hmm. start was the earliest start in 50 years uh, for high school football. And it just felt like that was too early. It was like, man, late August, not even Labor Day yet, but uh, this too, feels like too it's, hot. it's it too, too hot. It's too hot. <laughs> too hot still. It was too hot. Yeah, you don't get these, you get these cool mornings, and, and it's relative is cool. Cool mm-hmm. is relative here. But no uh, doubt. Yeah. compared to what it's been, it's oh. cooler, and the humidity's down, and it does feel a little bit more like football, which is a good thing. Hey, uh, can we get to the headlines quickly to start this hour? Then we'll get Rod's rant. We've got some other facts of the day we need to get to. Let's get you caught up. Top Gun. Equipment Rattles bring you the news. Yeah, college football, T-minus one day to the first uh, Thursday night slate. T-minus three days to the start of the 2023 Longhorn season. 11th ranked Horns continuing their game week prep for the Rice Owls on Saturday afternoon, 2.30 at DKR. Elsewhere in college football after a lengthy battle this offseason, Ohio State. Uh, one of the favorites in the, in the Big Ten. Their coach, Ryan Day, yesterday announced that junior Kyle McCord will be the team's starting quarterback 
for their season opener against Indiana on Saturday. Clear, though, from Ryan Day that redshirt freshman Devin Brown had a good enough camp. He's earned the right to play in that game, so he said both quarterbacks will see the field against the Hoosiers. In the NFL, cut down day around the league. All 32 teams pairing their rosters back to 53. The biggest news was in Indianapolis where there was no news. Colts unable to complete a deal for all-pro running back Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he will begin the season on the pup list and will be out the first four games of the season for the Colts. Uh, Cowboys made a trade yesterday. We'll get more on that with Rod coming up in Rod's rant. Major League Baseball with 30 games to go in the regular season. Flat-footed three-way tie atop the American League West. Astros and Rangers both gained a game on the Seattle Mariners last night. Houston thumped Boston 6-2 at Fenway Park. Uh, Second straight win there. Alex Bregman and Jordan Alvarez back-to-back homers in the first inning. Mauricio Dubon added a two-run double in the sixth. That backed a solid start from J.P. France. Rangers made a back-to-back wins in New York. They beat the Mets 2-1. Andrew Heaney and four relievers combined on a seven-hitter. The lowly A's, meanwhile, did the Texas two a favor. They tripped up the Mariners 3-1. Houston and Seattle will play this afternoon. Rangers wrap up their series with the Mets tonight. And again, a three-way tie in the West. In Round Rock, uh, Round Rock Express, continue their hot streak. They opened a series at Oklahoma City with a 10-9 win in volleyball. Great bounce-back victory for the seventh-ranked Texas volleyball squad. They were stunned over the weekend in their first match of the year, uh, losing to uh, an opening game match loss to Long Beach State. Um, but then they picked up a big-time road win last night. Got things back together. They beat fifth-ranked Minnesota at Minnesota, three games to one. Defending national champs led by Asia O'Neill. Played her first match of the season, finished with seven kills and eight blocks. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Top Guns join forces with the legendary Austin Outdoor Power to give you the best lines of outdoor power equipment and fastest repair turnaround times in town. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. All right, Cowboys, once again, they like – it seems like now they like the trade market. And honestly, it's 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 a refreshing uh, – I think it's kind of a refreshing mentality for the Cowboys. They used to be over overly reliant on the, on the draft. You're talking about the Cowboys who are the most – and I'll get into this in a little bit more in Rod's round of the day. But if you look at teams – who who signed basically? If you look at this is last season, so I haven't done it for this season. Um, but if you, I went and looked at the uh, free agency, like basically what percentage of your salary cap was taken up by the biggest free agents. Um, and I went and looked at it, and you go look at it. The uh, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, they definitely had the the fewest amount of their salary cap dollars that were allocated for big-time free agent acquisitions. Um, Only three of the Cowboys players, this is last year, so not this year, only three of the Cowboys players um, from uh, the 2022 roster were uh, among the highest cap hits um, on their team, top 15 cap hits. I took the top 15 highest cap hits for the players, and only three of their top 15 highest cap hits were from free agent acquisitions. To give you perspective on that, the uh, the hell the Buffalo Bills were at eight, Kansas City was at eight, um, the Giants were at six, Washington was at nine, the Rams were at eight, Cincinnati was at eight. You know, so the Cowboys they are a homegrown model, um, but I'm glad now that at least they're looking at, and they don't like free agency, but at least they're looking at. The trade market as now a way to acquire great value, and this is like the what, the fifth trade they've made since that Jonathan Hankins deal, and they got starters out of that. Not mm-hmm. Trey Lance, not <laughs> um, Trey Lance, but Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks and Jonathan Hankins, and now you bring it in. This is not going to be a starter either, but it's a project, a developmental project. It is interesting to me the uh, the ongoing parallels with the Cowboys and the Longhorns that we you know those are the two biggest brands we cover. 
Uh, but you know, both feel like their their seasons there's a there's a there's a really high bar for both Texas and and, and the Dallas Cowboys this mm-hmm. year. And both, you know, in in college football, you do it through the transfer portal uh-huh. uh, to add talent. Yeah, and through the, you know the Cowboys who have been reticent to get into the trade market and free agency for a long time. Uh, they've gone after it, and you said it. I mean, the, the Jonathan Hankins trade started last year when they knew they needed some run defense. Uh, they've made the trades for the cornerback and Stephon Gilmore, the receiver they needed, and Brandon Cooks. Almost like Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones realized the error of their ways letting Amari Cooper go and not replacing him last year. And it might have been what what came to get him uh, when it mattered the most in January when Tony Pollard got hurt against San Francisco. They didn't have enough weapons to mm-hmm. compete against that defense. And you know, Dak Prescott threw the two big interceptions, but he was – you know, there were you know that defense just suffocated the Cowboys without Tony Pollard on the field and you know they could they could completely you know isolate CD Lamb uh, and they didn't have anybody else that could really beat them. Uh, they've addressed that and I think that's you know, that's a step forward. And the Longhorns, meanwhile, they, you know they they felt like they had some holes and some spots and you know, they were aggressive in the transfer portal and brought in guys who they think will be starting players for them and AD Mitchell, Mitchell and Jalen Catalan, Gavin Holmes, Gavin Holmes at corner, Ryan Sanborn at punter and kicker potentially. Mm-hmm. You no, know, so really went out and got pieces. Just because again, Sark has been clear; he wants to build through the recruiting side, right? Recruiting high school players. Yeah, Texas, you should be able to do right. That. And yeah. he's had back-to-back, you know, top three recruiting classes, and uh, that that growth continues. And that's the Cowboys have been very good drafting, but sometimes you got to go accentuate that and go get some pieces that can help you, you know, even raise the bar further. And that's where there's so much excitement in, in Longhorn Land, and I think I like for the that. Cowboys, it's a good comparison. And uh, they're. And I like how you say the talent acquisition market and college football is different than the pros, but those are those are the ways to acquire players yep. to add to your roster. And the Cowboys have been, you know, they've been hesitant to pursue all all possible means to acquire talent. They don't like free agency. They haven't liked the trade market, or at least recently, because Jerry Jones used to be maybe a little bit <laughs> abusing the trade market. Maybe he was a, a little bit too loose in the trade market. Um, but then, you know, I think there's a healthy balance you can strike uh, with the with free agency, with the trade market in the NFL, with the draft, of course. That's got to be you know most of your talent acquisition. And also undrafted free agency. There are four main ways to acquire talent in the NFL. And I think you gotta you gotta try to exhaust all of those possible means because teams like the the Chiefs and teams like the Eagles and you know some of these you know teams that we consider to be really well run franchises, they make sure that they exhaust all possible uh, means to acquire talent in the Cowboys. They have really been kind of playing uh, or playing this game, if you will, uh, competing in this league uh, a little bit disadvantaged, in my opinion, because they don't pursue all the possible avenues to acquire that value. And they saw the team in their division the go Eagles. after A.J. Brown last yeah. year and make a couple of trades. Remember, they tried they traded for the kid Gardner Johnson from the Saints to shore up their safety position, and they traded for A.J. Brown. Uh, and those two moves really helped them take that next step into the Super Bowl, which is what the Cowboys are trying to do. And here's our Texas. E, come on, stop. It's the damn Cowboys. They will choke in the first <laughs> round. You're giving old man Jerry too much credit. Look, I just, again, I, the Cowboys very well could not get over the hump and not beat Philadelphia because Philadelphia has made big additions this offseason too. And, you know, stockpiling D linemen, as you said, they're going to be formidable. And I think if this Brock Purdy kid is the real deal, as it seems like he, you know, the 49ers are saying he is, that's why they were willing to trade Trey Lance, that they found their quarterback. And we know the 49ers, with, even mm-hmm. with all the mess surrounding Kyle Shanahan and this Trey Lance, you know, controversy or at least criticism, uh, 49ers will be salty. Yeah. Salty. 
Yeah, we're just giving the Cowboys credit for changing some of their bad organizational habits. Yeah, and, and that doesn't mean it's right? going to lead to a Super Bowl. I heard exactly. Bells. Just like, <laughs> just like uh, yeah, they yeah they now listen. They drafted seven quarterbacks in the last thirty-four years. I know Trey Lance isn't drafting a quarterback, but at least you're acquiring a young quarterback, and that is always a good organizational habit to have. You just talked about Brock Purdy. Well, with the 49ers and Shano B, if they hadn't just drafted Brock Purdy as Mister Irrelevant, well, he'd probably be out of a job potentially. Like, I don't know where he'd be right now. Uh, SOL, that's for sure. You look at the Cowboys. Dak Prescott's your happy accident. You didn't know Dak Prescott was going to be a franchise quarterback. You'd be in quarterback hell right now if you didn't have drafted a quarterback, which you drafted, you know, the fewest in the NFL uh, in the last 20... Thank you, 30-something years. Yeah, he's the only undrafted free agent I can think of other than Kurt Warren, Warren Moon, that became franchise quarterbacks in NFL history. That just doesn't happen. So that's a good organizational habit the Cowboys are changing. And this is also good that they're now using the trade market, and they're getting great value, by the way. You're talking about giving up a sixth-round pick, a fifth-round pick, a fifth-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and they're getting starters. They gave up Kelvin Joseph, who was a second-round pick for them, to get a first-round pick, both of them struggling DBs, but at least one's a first-round struggling DB that you're getting in return, giving up a second. This is about value. Acquisition, and I think the Cowboys doing a really good job in that right now. Yeah, so changing some of their habits. We'll have more on that in Rod's rant here coming up. Also in our uh, bullish and BS segment before the end of the hour, <laughs> are we bullish on SMU and their big money boosters trying to buy their way into the ACC? We will get you details on that. That that vote could be coming down here with the ACC still trying to to grow and make their top end happy. We'll get you details on that, but. Ironically, 40 years after they were shut down as a program for big money boosters, mm-hmm. they may need the big money boosters to uh, get themselves into the power four, B&Ds. essentially. Also, bottom of the hour, Bobby Burton uh, will jump in, talk some Texas football. He's got his finger on the pulse of this Longhorn locker room and team uh, from inside Texas. We're excited to talk to him. Uh, but right now, let's get uh, Rod's rants of a Wednesday morning. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, oh you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, let's talk uh, about the Cowboys a little bit more. They uh, made a trade and traded Kelvin Joseph, who uh, I thought Kelvin Joseph actually had a decent preseason. Maybe that's why he increased his trade value initially. A lot of Fans thought that he was pretty much a, a bust of a draft pick for the Cowboys. Uh, but they moved him around. Remember, they moved him to nickel from the corner, moved him to safety. And this preseason actually had a, a pretty good preseason. They traded him to the Miami Dolphins for their struggling first-round defensive back uh, selection that they uh, drafted a few years ago. Noah uh, Ig- Igbenagini. Igbenagini. Igbenogany. Uh, I'll make sure I say it right. Igbenogany out of yeah. Auburn Ig-Benogany. University. Yes. Uh, and I wonder if they pronounced that right on draft night when he was a 30th pick. You got to practice it. say that right? You just got to practice it. Igbenogany. Once you say it, Igbenogany. It, it, it does roll. Igbenogany. Once you say it, it starts to roll off the tongue. But, but you're you trying to read it, you're like, yeah. it's like Uyunglelele. Like, See, there you go. Uyunglele. I still can't say that. Uyunglele. It's like Tua Tunga Bailoa. Yeah, once you say it, once you get it. But you got you to say it right one time. And again, when you say Tua's name, people get mad. It's like, well, where are you getting this N? 
Tua Tungavailoa, but when you hear Tua, Tungavailoa. that's what he I, says. I, that's what Tua says. When yeah. Tua says, "Here's how you pronounce my last name," it's, yeah. there's a net. It's a tongue. It's like tongue. Yeah, Tungavailoa. Just because in other, you know, other cultures, other languages, you know, the 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 letters and the pronunciations aren't always the same. We were talking about that with what's his name, Steve Hellwagon, yesterday. Steve Hellwagon is it German. I oh. said Hellwagon. Hellwagon. <laughs> Hellwagon. Uh, anyway, so getting back to the Cowboys, they I it, it just this goes back to value, though, right? Uh, they give up their struggling second-round defensive back uh, in exchange for a first-round struggling defensive back from another team. Number one, the Cowboys do believe in their development. They believe they can develop talent. They, they, they're they big, and that's why they like these projects uh, that they can get in some of the early rounds, like the second round and the third round. The second round, they're famous, the Cowboys are, for going after a project, whether it be somebody with off-the-field issues or somebody that just has a really high upside. But the Cowboys, they want – and on their roster, they do want the guys with extremely high upside. I went and looked at it today. The Cowboys now with this uh, pickup of uh, Igbenogany. Igbenogany? Did I get it right? Man, it sounds like I'm saying it wrong. Uh, but they have 13 former first-round picks. Now, that includes their own, but 13 former first-round picks currently on their roster. I haven't done the math, but I, I guarantee if I went and looked at that would be one of the league leaders, if not the league leader. And the Cowboys are really big about taking some other teams, you know, uh, first-round pick that may have underachieved, didn't work out for whatever reasons, and believing, you know what, we can turn we can turn that player around. Or at least that player has a higher upside with us and we can develop. That's why they're big on their board. I mean, they had a second-round grade on Trey Lance, so they believe acquiring Trey Lance for a fourth-round pick actually – that's good value for them because they had a second-round grade on them. Um, so the Cowboys, I mean, Malik Hooker's one of those guys that was a first-round pick for another team, has really worked out for them and has signed an extension with the Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys like Dante Fowler is another first-round. Brandon Cooks, of course, is in that conversation. Stephon Gilmore in that conversation too. So the Cowboys are really big on that because they think that's another way that they can get you know extract some value from the market and the Cowboys are really good at that 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 term comes up a lot right when you're talking about talent acquisition the Cowboys are actually one of the better teams in the NFL to it acquiring undrafted free agents I believe three of them have are going to sign this year on their uh, 53-man roster they're going to end up with three of them one is that North Dakota State fullback Hunter Lipke um Hunter Lipke I believe is his name Lipke uh, is it Lipke I think so. Okay. Uh, he's going to make it as an undrafted free agent. Earl Bostic is going to make it as an undrafted free agent as well. Um, and I believe David Durden is the other undrafted free agent. Cowboys, they do undrafted free agent rankings and evaluations just like they do players. Every player coming out in the draft, uh, just some guys end up undrafted free agents. So they actually rank all those guys. Um, shout out to Thor Nystrom. He's the one that, that does it. When you looked at the team's – Overall, undrafted free agency rankings over the last five years. I'll give you the Cowboys ranking. Last five years. Uh, in 2022, they were number one. In 2020, this is the ranking for undrafted free agent acquisitions. In 2021, they were number two. In 2020, they were number one. In 2019, they were number nine. In 2023, number three. So the last three years, they've been three, one, and two. Actually, last four years, three, one, two, and one. <laughs> in their rankings of undrafted free agent class acquisitions. They're really good at it. Really, that's why they don't like free agency, because they love undrafted free agency so much. Uh, here is what uh, Stephen Jones always says about undrafted free agency, why they don't really pursue it. Uh, you're going to pay good players like they're great, average players like they're good, below average players like they're average. 
Um, it's just not a great way to build a football team. So the Cowboys generally stay away from that. But because they're really good in the draft and they're really good at undrafted free agency, you could argue one of the best in the NFL, and they have a lot of those stories to back that up. That's where they also extract, and they get a lot of value there as well. And this is another way the Cowboys are doing it. So some things the Cowboys are doing in their front office are really, really constructive. Uh, This is another one, just taking teams, high upside players who probably had a really high grade on your board, and seeing if you can rejuvenate that skill set. And now with a guy like Dan Quinn, he's showing up with defensive guys. He can do it. He did, you know, I mean, definitely you start looking at some of the guys who come in there. Malik Cooker did a good, really good job. Uh, I know that J. Run Curse is not a high draft pick, but in terms of rejuvenating a skill set, and, and really being able to activate a skill set, he does it really well. That's why he likes guys like Dante Fowler coming in there, guys that he knows has a high ceiling but that work in his system. He knows what he's looking for. Um, he does. Uh, weaponizing players and uh, the, the positionless football concept. And the Cowboys should be stout on defense. Some people think they have the best defense in pro football. Uh, if, if you know, the, the outside, the, the work, the, the addition of Stephon Gilmore Brings another top end, you know, corner to the other side, and then the pass rush can get home and uh, wreak havoc. I like it. Uh, Dallas Cowboys making a move, corner for corner. Uh, you know, Kelvin Joseph. I think this is one of those. One's a first round pick, one's a second round pick. Both probably need a, a fresh start, a uh, new organization, new opportunities. So uh, good stuff right there with Rod's rant and the Dallas Cowboys. Who you know now it's after a cut down day. I don't think we'll hear a ton of news about the NFL. There'll be some signings and maybe. Uh, does Chris Jones get into camp? Does uh, something happen with Jonathan Jonathan Taylor? Not much can happen now. He's on the pup list for the first four mm-hmm. games. But um, all about college football this weekend, Rod, and then we'll uh, double back into the NFL next week because the NFL will crank up next Thursday. We're eight days away to the start of the NFL season. I do like this uh, schedule where they get a they get the preseason out of the way, get cut down day done, and now they've got all thirty two teams have a kind of a you know two week mm-hmm. decompression. Shit yeah. set to get ready for calm the season. Calm before the storm. Calm before the storm. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the Longhorns, they're going to have, some would say, the calm before the storm with the Rice Owls in week one to get ready oh. for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Ooh. And you have done the deep dive on Rice, right? Watching film. They and, watched uh, three games on Rice. Watched USC, watched Louisiana Tech, and Southern Miss. Well, that's the other thing about Rice. Even though their record has been, they're not been a good program, they've played some pretty good teams. I mean, they've, they've gone up against good competition. Uh, and... Uh, so you can see that on the film of where mm-hmm. they stand and what you can expect from the Longhorns. Longhorns should overwhelm this team over four quarters of football. They should. And uh, but you know, early in the game, you we may be able to to glean some things from this Longhorn team because uh, Mike Bloomgren, an offensive guy with a veteran mm-hmm. quarterback like J.T. Daniels, a receiver like Luke McCaffrey, how are they going to try to attack Texas and how does then Texas counter that uh, defensively and then. You know, offensively, how does Texas attack this Rice defense with Quinn Ewers? So we're looking forward to that. We will talk with Bobby Burton coming up inside Texas. Uh, the very latest on the Longhorns. Also some uh, news that we can tell you how we're working with inside Texas to bring you more Longhorn coverage here on the Horn and on their great website and all their platforms. We'll also get some bullish or BS before the end of the hour. Loaded on a Wednesday. Aaron Hogan, Rod Baber, Austin, Texas Sports. The horn, indeed, the horn, and uh, hook them up with Ian Rodby rolls on. Appreciate you being there on 101.9 AM 1260. Of course, also on the digital app where the numbers are growing like crazy, going bonkers. Appreciate you doing that. Downloading the horn app, absolutely free and so easy to use. Listen to us with the touch of a button. Also on your smart speaker at home and work. Also on our YouTube channel. 
our Twitch channel at hornfm.com, all the ways to find us and talk Texas football, Cowboys, and so much more each and every morning, five hours a day, five days a week. And uh, uh, as promised, let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. Look who it is. It's uh, Speaking of born in the USA, a man who I just found <laughs> out was born on this day. Hey, what? Yeah. Uh, born on this day. I'm reading his story at uh, Inside Texas this morning. Is and, that uh, true? So it turns out that, uh, that Bobby Burton... Uh, and my wife share a birthday, August the thirtieth, and happy birthday to happy both birthday, of them. Happy birthday, Bobby! Happy birthday, Bobby! Uh, y'all just don't want to know how old I am. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying my wife's age either, Bobby. That's not going to happen. But uh, but but how are you, my friend? Uh, it's football season, and your your line of your story said every year you receive the gift of football returning for your birthday on Amen. August the thirtieth. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Uh, I I love it because. Uh, that means I get to go get to be in Austin on game day because almost every uh, first game of the year is in Austin. So I make sure I, I'm there and and doing that. I, I just uh, you know this season feels a little bit different to me, guys. Um, I, I mentioned in the story today on Inside Texas that it, it's been a decade, more than a decade, since I predicted Texas to win ten regular season games, and I've been doing this for I mean almost thirty years now, I guess. It's the first time since 2010, since the year after uh, Texas made a run at the national championship, uh, that I, I've been that this high on the Longhorns. Now, obviously, that year turned out so bad uh, because they just didn't get it done at so many different positions, but particularly at quarterback. Since then, it's been this mix of they had some things but not others, uh, the team did. This year, I think a lot of things are coalescing. Um, whether it's talent, whether it's quarterback potential, whether it's a culture that I think is developing, um, the health of the team is po- is is an overwhelming positive right now going into the year. I mean, last year alone they lost two starters before the first game, right? Mm-hmm. So all of those things mixed together right now for, you know, going into this season, I, I said it was – I used the term exercise some demons, and I, I, I feel – that way about this team this year. Hey, Bobby, what are your biggest, because there's a lot of optimism, and I think that's that's something that's um, going throughout the Longhorn community right now. What's your biggest concerns? What's your biggest concern going into the season? Quinn Ewers mm-hmm. uh, taking that next step. I, I, Steve, Steve Sarkeesian says it pretty plainly, right? Um, the quarterback is the, the most important position on the field, Rod, and I agree with him. And I saw Quinn Ewers that sometimes looked fantastic last year, sometimes looked befuddled, right? Mm-hmm. Where is he going to be this year in that growth process? We know he's going to be better, but how much is he? How much better? Is he going to be an A-plus Quinn Ewers, or are you gonna, is he going to be a B Quinn Ewers? And where does Texas need him uh, to actually, uh, you know, ascend to where they want to go? Mm-hmm. And that is the yeah. question, right, Quinn? Mm-hmm. Yours, and obviously he, you know, we saw him again this week at the availability. He looks like a different person. He's down in weight. He's slim. Hair is cut. Uh, looks like he's going in the military or something. Uh, the, the teammates are talking about him differently. And you know this, having covered him through recruiting. I mean, we, I've made the claim, um, you know, Bobby, that you know this is a, this is a big year for him. And you know, to me, he's either going to be a part of the draft in April, or he might very well be in the transfer portal. And he's going to play himself into one of the other uh, with the quarterback room at Texas. Those are kind of the deals. And you know, with his family, you know, the reason that they 
you know, sped up his clock by, you know, reclassifying his senior year was to be a part of the draft class of, of 2024. Uh, so that's the goal, and that's really where it is for him. And if he if he, if he chooses door number one, which is plays his way into being a, a high draft pick in April, uh, that would be obviously best-case scenario for Texas. Obviously the alternative would be he doesn't play very well, and I think we're having a different conversation. I agree, Aaron. Um, I, I think that uh, transfer portals a ways off. I think there are steps between here and there. Um, I think you could see Quinn Ewers easily start for two two years at Texas, uh, starting now. The the question though, and uh, you know, I've talked about this with not only Rod and you and uh, and others. Um, he has such innate talent, yeah, for throwing the ball that even a B year from Quinn Ewers might be a draftable grade of first or second round. Hmm. That he has yeah. that much talent. I mean, Rod, yep. Rod, when when guys can make those throws, um, some all you need is one NFL GM to get enamored, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that's that's what you're dealing with right now. And to be fair, guys, I mean, it's not just Quinn Ewers who has talent in the quarterback room. Malik Murphy and Arch Manning are also very very talented. So. I, that's part of why I like Texas right now in this conference and for this season. It's not just Quinn Ewers. They 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 don't have a proven backup, but I'm telling you, they've got talented backups, not just at quarterback, but just about every position on the field. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Bobby Burton of on Texas uh, football and, of course, of Inside Texas, joining us right now on the uh, the Carroll's Cafe and Cantina hotline. Hey, uh, I want to ask you also, Bobby, about the defense. And re- people are not really sure if this defense is going to take a leap to go from good to great to maybe elite or if this defense is just going to, you know, it, it, most people are sure it's not going to ha- have a regression, but whether the defense is going to take a leap, I think that's something that's still up in the air. Are you expecting the defense to be much better than it was last year? Better, but I don't know how much better, Ron. So the, one of the things that I, I found very interesting, so I went to the, the preseason uh, press conference with, that Coach Pete Kwiatkowski, the defense coordinator, was at, and it was really interesting. I mean, he had gotten it down to four things he wanted the defense to improve on. Sacks, turnovers, third down, and fourth down. Mm-hmm. When a defensive coach can start, or an offensive coach, right, Rod, can start narrowing down on the things he wants to improve on, that is a really good sign for the growth of your overall team and defense, right? right? It's like, well, I want if I have an explosive offense in this offseason – I want to work on red zone offense or I want to work on third down offense. When you start to be able to narrow your focus like that, I think that means that the defensive coordinator or the offensive coordinator, whoever's saying that has a great deal of confidence in the base defense. And now it's about executing the finer points. Right. And so you didn't hear him say those things last year. You heard him say, we just need to get better. We need to tackle better. 
the fundamentals, right? Now it sounds like they're focusing, hyper-focused on the smaller points. And that tells me, as a longtime observer, that they're pretty confident in their defense. Now they want to take that next step. And so I do, it, it, when you focus on things, you tend to do better on, at them, right? And so I actually do think they're going to take a step up. I expect the defense to be the leader of the team uh, most of the year, I, even though they have this explosive offensive personnel. I really like the defense this year. And they, frankly, they were the better, better unit last year. So I, I, feel like, I feel like Texas is going to, going to be pretty good on defense this year. Bobby Burton is with us inside Texas and on Texas sports. And uh, Pete Kwiatkowski's defense, his first three years at Boise State, finished 20th, 25th, and then third. Uh, Washington, 41st, 13th, and then the third year was eighth nationally. And then at Texas, 99th year one, 28th last year. Can they make that third-year progression under Coach Pete Kwiatkowski? His track record would tell you they have a chance to make that leap, especially with the coaching continuity and the personnel on the defensive side of the ball. All reasons the Longhorns are optimistic. Well, we're optimistic, too. You know, Bobby, when, when you guys launched On3 Sports, and Inside Texas is a part of that, uh, that growing brand, On3, um, you're based in Nashville, and that's where On3 you know, has taken off. But uh, we're excited, Rod and I, to be part of the Inside Texas and On3 Sports group now moving forward because uh, Rod's been doing a lot of work with you guys, and uh, oh, you yeah. and I have uh, been talking, and you're going to allow me to, to be a part of your family on game day to uh, do some in-game watching, kind of a Manning cast on your YouTube channel. Tell folks about that and nice. how uh, how that's going to work for folks. And again, it's not for you don't even have to be a subscriber of Inside Texas hmm. to be able to watch all the content on the YouTube channel. Um, but really excited to be a part of this, and thank you very much. Well, Aaron, I, I think you're the perfect fit, right? I mean, you, it's something you and, and Rod did during COVID, the COVID year when nobody could go yes. uh, to the games, right? And so uh, on uh, it's the YouTube channel is called On Texas Football. And every Saturday um, the, we'll have some pregame shows, et cetera, that uh, people can download or watch live however they want to do it. But once the game starts, you're going to have one person each quarter from the inside Texas staff and kind of picking their brain and talking about the plays as they develop. Uh, I hope it, it should be fun. Uh, it's a different way to watch a game. Some people don't want to hear the telecast. They want to watch something else or hear something else alongside it. And so uh, we hope that uh, this is something that's proven popular in other uh, markets uh, around the country, whether it's Florida State. Uh, Florida does one as well. There's a bunch of different teams that do it, and it's really a fun way. You can also chat with friends at the same time, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, but, uh, Aaron, I appreciate not just you, but Rod uh, working on, with us at uh, on Texas football as well as inside Texas because uh, we're trying to be the place for Texas football fans mm-hmm. to call home, whether that's on YouTube or at, at our website, InsideTexas.com. Uh, we just uh, appreciate you guys being a part of it so much. Yeah, Rod will it's be, a great team. Yeah, and you and Rod great will be doing team, a post-game man. show on that very same channel, which yep. uh, immediately following. Again, there will be 100,000 people at the stadium on Saturday uh, for home games and then on the road games, but um, there, there are millions of Longhorn fans that aren't at the game that are going to be watching it, and hopefully they'll watch along. And uh, uh, Because, yeah, as you said, having done – you know, fans will, will see it as kind of the Manning cast, right, when you watch Monday Night Football, but you're watching it with Peyton and Eli Manning, and they're breaking the game down, and they're bringing on guests – and they're taking you behind the scenes. That's what we're going to do uh, with the end game. You know, watch it with us, with with Inside Texas and the YouTube channel, Bobby, uh, with your experts, and then we'll add guests to that. But having done it, as you said, during COVID, 
you, you learn a lot. There's a lot of downtime in a football game. And there's uh, mm-hmm. reviews and commercial breaks oh, and yeah. uh, injury timeouts. And so there's a lot of conversation time where you can talk about the game, uh, talk about things in real time. And obviously, you can't. we won't be airing the game. You'll be watching the game on your, your television as normal. But you'll have your laptop up or your iPad or however you're going to do it. And you'll be watching along and being able to comment and uh, hear the opinions of the insiders, whether it be Rod or yourself or Jerry Hamilton or uh, any of the great insiders at Inside Texas. It's a really mm-hmm. cool way as you say, to turn down the, the TV volume a little bit and get inside the game as the game goes on in real time, which, uh, which I think is a lot of fun, and I, I'm excited to start it this week with the, uh, the Rice game at 2.30. So uh, pretty awesome. Tell them again, Bobby, how they can be a part of Inside Texas, but also a part of that YouTube channel with you and Rod and myself and everything that's going on there on a daily basis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Inside Texas, go to InsideTexas.com. Uh, right now we have a special $1 for one month. That it, It's an introductory offer. If you've never tried this before, give us a try. Join the community. Read the, I think we're doing 10 articles a day just on the Longhorns football team right now to give you a sense of the, the type of coverage that we're trying to provide um, uh, for the Longhorns. It's, it's authoritative, I think. It's also in, introspective. A lot of different angles there. Uh, recruiting is covered, obviously, as well. Uh, that's my former background where I kind of grew up in this industry. Uh, as far as the videos are concerned, go to on te- go to YouTube and just type in the search bar on Texas football, and you'll get a lineup of videos that we've done. Uh, Rod and I did one last night uh, yep. talking with folks, uh, along with Jerry Hamilton, talking with folks about the team and recruiting, et cetera. It's a new way, a fun way. Uh, to join in uh, with a Longhorn discussion, in my opinion. Well, me too, and excited. Happy birthday, Bobby. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, my friend. Happy birthday, Bobby. <laughs> 54, guys, by the way, 54. Yeah. Well, older the, the violin, the sweeter the music there, Bobby. It's only a number. It's only a number. Hey, have a great one, bud, and uh, we look forward to, the, to working for, with you for the future and uh, uh, look forward to more conversations. Uh, have a great birthday. All right, I appreciate it. Let's have some fun. Let's have some Thanks, fun. Thanks, Bobby. Talk yeah, that's, later. that's the, the the breaking news. You'll be part of the post game. I'll be yes, part sir. of the uh, the real time in game. And you not you remember night you you myself oh. and Brad Kellner did that yeah. back in the day. Oh yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's basically like a little Benny watch party. Yeah, uh, and everybody can kind of join on in. Crack open a cold watch. one and uh, talk yeah. football. You got and, questions? You want to complain? And you want to rant about something? You can. You can you do can, it. You can do it right there within the uh, the discourse uh, right there uh, on Texas football. So I think it's going to be really really good. I think you're going to have a lot of people that are going to be. I do too. Uh, that are going to be really, really active on those chats because Longwood fans, uh, they, they basically do this on social media anyway. Well, yeah, instead now, of screaming and yelling yeah. and going to Twitter, you can actually yeah. just watch and, like, you know, ask you a question when you're yes. on for your quarter and uh, you and I are talking about the game. There you go. Uh, that's exciting. You have a- access to experts um, instead of just going on to Twitter and Or you can be the expert, too. Oh, trust me. You can, you can be the expert, you too. You can be the expert, too. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Tell us how we're wrong. That's what it's all about. Yeah. We appreciate Bobby and our, t- our partnership with Inside Texas. That's going to be a lot of fun. It's and, a community. It's a community. And want to remind yeah. you that uh, before the game on Saturday, I'll be on doing the, the in-game cast on uh, every game. Uh, when the game begins, but before the game, Rod and I are going to be hanging out down on campus, mm-hmm. the Mockingbird Saloon. Rod, Mockingbird right. Saloon is right there at, uh, <laughs> gosh, twenty seventh and in, uh, in Guadalupe. It's between the you know the Kirby Lane and the In and Out Burger. It's a great little sports bar and uh, and gin joint as they would call it. It's got TVs. We'll be watching games, getting ready for the ball game. And uh, so come on out. We're going to be there noon to two with a live broadcast here on the Horn Rod. It's going to be great. Noon to two. Ty's going to be hanging out. Ty will be there, uh, our, our members of our staff and you. So come on by. Uh, have yourself a cold one and uh, enjoy it with us. Cold Bud Light or whatever you choose, and we'll have some fun. Get ready for it. We'll be watching TCU in Colorado. 
uh, as that game will be going on while we're there. Ooh, yeah. Noon to 2, spread the word, tell your buddies if you're down on campus going to the game, come on by Mockingbird Saloon on Guadalupe, right down by the Kirby Lane. Come and see us noon to 2, and then join uh, that that YouTube channel with Inside Texas Rod for the in-game conversation and then your post-game. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. I can't wait for it. Uh, I'm excited for you. I'm glad you're a part of the team. They got a great team over there uh, inside Texas and, and Owen Texas football. So well, We're making them part of our extended team, which yes. is a great thing here no on doubt. the Horn, which we're excited about. Austin's only local morning sports conversation is right here on the Horn on your uh, radio dial and, of course, digitally on that Horn app on your smart speaker and at hornfm.com. Coming back with Bullish or BS. Bullish or BS, brought to you by the Austin Gamblers. Appreciate the Austin Gamblers. 12-1 in the PBR Team Series coming off of the Gambler Weekend over at Moody Center. And so I, I had never been to a concert at Moody Center until the last mood. night, Rod. Mood, I'd baby. been to UT basketball games. I'd been to the bull riding. You know what? They, they made it for, for concerts, concerts, basically, right? Yeah. The acoustics of it. That's what it was built for. And last night I got to see... Earth, Wind, and Fire, and uh, Lionel Richie. You said Lionel Richie still got it at 74. 74. Does, he, does he dance? Does he, he just sit on a stool? Dances. No, he's, it's got this long he stage. He performs? And he's up and down that stage. No, no, he performs. He How from, long does he stay on stage at 74? He was on from about 9, nine after 9 to, to 11. About two hours, hour, 45 wow. minutes. That's pretty amazing at 74. You got to be in good shape. Yeah, man, I was. he was great. He opened with hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, and then he just hit after hit the Commodores, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, closed with. Yeah, dance. Did we are the world? We are the world. Man, I, I, and he I wrote just... that with Stevie Wonder in the eighties, with uh, Michael Jackson and Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. And that was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, but yeah, he he uh, put on a show. Place was packed. Good to see. You know, last week they had the older group too with uh, Stevie Nicks and Foreigner were there on the, early in the week. Yeah, that crowd. I mean, you said you were not the old man in the crowd. Yeah, though. I was fifty and feeling good. <laughs> feeling spry Woo! out there. Yeah, no, it's fun. People, but they were dancing, and it, it's amazing just how many hit songs he has, and oh, still what man. a great, uh, charismatic performer he is every single time. There you go. Hey, Buller should be yes on this. Then Ty's got a good one for us. That the LA Angels, this will be go down as the worst front office season in a long time in Major League Baseball, maybe ever. Because remember, the Angels did not trade Shohei Otani, mm. which they should have done, and we said that over and over yeah. again. Unless they were going to resign Maximize, him. Well, because there's, there's, it's a small chance they're going to resign him. Yeah. Um, look, you, you could have traded him, get a bunch of prospects, and then resign him. That would have been a smarter move to try to get him and you know load up the farm system, yeah, and then say, hey, Shohei, we're going to bring you back. We want you, you to be a part of this. Do that. Yeah. Um, but they didn't. Instead, they traded prospects to try to go for it. It's been terrible. Um, they've just been bombed in the month of August. Mike Trout's hurt again. Shohei's got, he's not pitching because of the injury. And yesterday, the LA Angels placed nearly a quarter of their roster on waivers, <laughs> including starter Lucas Giolito, who they just acquired. Are they tanking? Uh, well, they've tanked. <laughs> they've tanked. Uh, Matt Moore, Ronaldo Lopez, Dominic Leone, Hunter Renfro, and Randall Gritchick also put on waivers, meaning these are salary dumps. Wow. They're looking for someone else to pick up that, you know, the waivers will begin with those players, and you'll see teams pick these guys up. Lucas G. Little get picked up by somebody. It goes in reverse order of worst record to first record. I got you. But they're trying to save $10 million on this just because we're not going to make the playoffs. We'll, these guys, are, those are all free agents at the end of the year. They're not going to resign them. What a, what do you call it? A fuster cluck. Fuster cluck. Yeah, it is a fuster cluck. So the Angels are going to go <laughs> from bad to worse. They're not going to resign Shohei, and they're going to be, they'll be fighting Oakland. To be the worst team in the league moving forward. Shohei better not resign with them. That'd be. I don't think there's. Yeah, a that'd chance. be a, that'd be a travesty, man. Well, that, hey, look, really, that'd be a disservice to every baseball fan in the world. Well, timing <laughs> is right for Shohei because you're bullish on this. The 
Yankees are having a terrible season, and they're probably going to fire Aaron Boone. They might fire mm-hmm. Brian Cashman. Well, what does that mean? They're going to go all in on Shohei. You're damn right. So even if Shohei <laughs> don't want to be a Yankee, at least they'll drive up the price. Yeah, the thought is that Shohei wants to stay on the West Coast. So the, the what, Dodgers in? Dodgers, Giants. Mariners, Mariners. Remember, he was Ooh. at the All Star game and oh. they were chanting his name. What? That would be wow. They, uh, you might need commission to come in and pull like a Dave, David Stern and block that one. Yeah, because <laughs> the Mariners are good. They might win the We're division. Commission this year. to come in and block. Well, can we can't yeah. that happen? And we are These bullish are. on uh, the AL West, which is we have thirty. Uh, I think the Astros have twenty eight games left. The Rangers and uh, Mariners have thirty games to go, and they are in a dead heat, uh, first place and three three way tie. With 30 games to go, you couldn't ask for much more as far as a pennant race goes uh, in the AL West. Uh, All right, so, Ty, what do you have for us in bullish and BS? Is it BS or are you bullish on the fact that SMU is willing to take close to no money or no money to join the ACC? I think it's bullish. I think they, for them, they can afford it. Every school can't afford it. SMU got some money. Yeah, and let's they got explain bread. This. They so, got some BMBDs, big money boosters and donors. Too, got bread, man. But it is, you know, the, it's dripping with irony that you know SMU was had their football program shut down mm-hmm. because big money boosters were paying they were going players. rogue. They had a bank. They, <laughs> they had a uh, they had a, a spreadsheet of players that they were paying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it, this might save them now because yes, the Amer- Atlantic Coast Conference is debating right now, and they may vote here before the end of the week on adding S- Stanford and Cal. And SMU. Mm-hmm. And you'd say, well, why would he? Well, because look, ESPN has come back to the table and said, look, if you add those schools, that expands your footprint. We'll give you more money because we can, you know, we want West Coast time zone games. Mm-hmm. We want to be in the middle of the country at, at SMU. We, we'll, we'll play you more. But, you know, we also have the, you also have to add at the ACC, Rod, they have the disgruntled members at the top that want more revenue. Yeah, they want the Clemson. unequal revenue sharing. Right. Yeah. Well, here's the, here's the rub. The ACC is telling SMU, okay, we'll put you in our league, but we're not going to give you any money Mm-mm. for seven to nine years. You're coming in pro bono free. And so SMU <laughs> is saying, okay, we'll do that. And they're trying to raise $200 million from their big money boosters to offset the no money. But to get into the Power Four and to get out of the, Amer- the AAC, and you know they're looking 25 years down the road here, mm-hmm. we can put up with seven years of this. We can fr- foot, because we're rich, we can foot ourselves. But 10 years from now, we'll be a full member of that conference, and we'll be right where we want to be. Yep. Um, now, again— It's an investment. And, and the it's ex- an investment in your future. And this is what—remember, the clamoring, mm-hmm. you know, the saber-rattling at the top? The argument is, okay, we're not going to be paying SMU. We're going to get Stanford and Cal at a you know, 25 to 30%— percent Discount 30, rate. Uh, nickels on the dollar. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so we're going to add these schools. ESPN's going to pay us more, and we are going to give that— to Clemson and Florida State and the top-end football programs, and we're going to stay where we are. We're going to give it to them, and that's going to make them happy. Will it? Will it? I don't know. Because Florida State says that's not enough to close the gap. Well, they're hoping it is. The Big Ten is going to be making, which is just ungodly right. sums of money. But and that is. revenue sharing there and the SEC. And let me say in bullish and BS, no one is saying this is this is the the biggest of business, right? This is a business deal and a business transaction, which is what college sports are now. Yes. And college football is certainly that. Mm-hmm. But you know that that's the argument. The ACC is saying, okay, we're going to whatever ESPN gives us, we're going to get a give a, some shekels. To Cal and Stanford, we're going to give nothing to SMU, and now we can offer more to Clemson and Florida State and give them the unequal revenue sharing they're asking for. No, it doesn't get them to the SEC in the Big Ten, but it gets them closer, and it and it may calm the calm the waters a little bit as they expand their brand. As ESPN comes back to the table and puts more cash on the table, that's the argument. Yeah. But for SMU, hey, saying we live through the death penalty, we'll pay for ourselves. 
I think it's a smart move for SMU. It basically it's an investment in their future. Um, they gotta when the you know musical chairs of realignment stops and there ends up being just four power conferences. Period. They want to be a part of the power. I think this is the price to be paid to be a part of that power group. And the reason for SMU, they can have they they got TCU right there in front of them as an example of how to do it, how to go from you know group of five status to now power five status, but also a competitive program in the power five. And what's gonna help them? And I'm sure they've done the math on this too. Is that DFW area? Yeah, I've talked about it over and over again. If you want to put DFW up against all the kind of the mega metroplexes in America that generate and create the most uh, college football talent across the country, it's probably Atlanta number one, and it's probably DFW number two. Well, and that means there's a lot of talent there, man. Well, listen, that's the other sell to Clemson <laughs> and Florida State. We're, you'll you'll play a game in, in Dallas. Mm-hmm. You're going to play road games. Yeah, the ACC, you can recruit Dallas. Yeah. Want to recruit Dallas? You want to recruit the, the second most fertile recruiting ground, arguably, in the country? Right. Well, that's the other part. It gets, <laughs> I mean, how about how advantageous was it to the SEC to finally get into Texas with Texas A&M 10 mm-hmm. years ago, right? Yeah. Well, this, you would argue to those schools, you're going to get to play some games in Dallas and the Metroplex and build some recruiting ties. Now, the Big 12 doesn't like this. The SEC doesn't like this. Hey. Uh, but, you know, ESPN is, again, pulling the strings here. Damn right. And those are the arguments for... And uh, you're right, SMU 10 years from now would like to look up and be a part of the, the Super Four. They want to be like what TCU's done. Done a good job over it, too. Because yeah. if you're not they in take it, take a while. If you're not in it, it's. You got no shot. You're relegated. Yeah, right. Irrelevant. You're, you're relegated. Relegates are irrelevance. That's right. That's right. All right, we're back. Uh, appreciate Bobby Burton this hour. We'll pick up these conversations and more, plus that three team race in the uh, AL West, cut down day in the NFL, and Longhorns are three days out. To their game with Rice, we'll go behind the burn orange curtain, learn more about the Owls, the Longhorn opponent in week one.